The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general hockey shenanigans. General everything shenanigans. Why did you qualify it this time? I've qualified it before. Uh, I tend to try and find, like, a, a more specific shenanigan, and mm. then I forgot and just went mm. off. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if you've noticed this, Marin, but I am not the quickest off the block. I, okay, <laughs> fair enough. I'm going to say general dungeon crawling shenanigans. Yes. Got a lot of those this time. Also, oh, speaking of dungeon crawling, mm-hmm. um, have any of you guys played the Rick and Morty D&D game? Because I've never watched a single episode of, D- of Rick and Morty, but man, it is a fucking dungeon crawl. I've never played one and it's amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, you, sh- you should check it out. Well, so I think here's, I have only really, aside from Adventurers League, which was designed to be kind of almost one-shotty. I've never played more of a traditional non-homebrew D&D game. And I think a lot of the non-homebrew stuff is actually more, you know, dungeon crawls and stuff like that, because that's what that got famous for, right? Like, mm-hmm. as far but, as I, I mean, I don't know. I've been playing D&D for seven years now, but, like, I've only played homebrew campaigns. I've never played... One of, like, the ones that they've written. Yeah, and I've done so. Adventures League again, but you can't complete a dungeon crawl in three hours. No, well, we didn't complete this in three hours. Yeah, um, so, like, so. and that's what Adventures League is, is meant to be, is, like, a bunch of, like, interconnected one-shots where you kind of stay in the same city or do, like, this one different thing, but, like, a lot of times it's not actually dungeon crawly. Or, like, I guess maybe the couple of sessions I was in were not dungeon crawls. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they were kind of more adventurer, kind of, some had puzzles, that sort of thing. But Gotcha. No, this is definitely a dungeon crawl, and every single room has, like, a puzzle or, like, goblins we need to defeat or something like that. So we're just kind of, like, tearing through this entire dungeon. It's hilarious. Great. I'm glad it's very fun. Yeah. Uh, it is January 18th, and this is our 111th episode. Good lord. That's a that's a special Hobbit birthday. That is a special 111th birthday. <laughs> I like half of you less than well, what is it? And half of you less than less as well than you deserve. I can't remember the exact line. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, it's gonna bother me now. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. I'll just insert hold music. <laughs> yeah, please insert. Do 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 do. Oh. Oh, it's, I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. <laughs> and all of the hobbits in the audience are like, wait, what does that mean? Am I, have I been insulted? What? That's honestly how I feel about the Dallas Stars sometimes. I mean, it's how I feel about pretty much everybody. <laughs> all, all the time. That is my all the time feeling. Well, uh, speaking of half of them I like half as much as they deserve. The stars are coming back down to Earth, it feels like. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what it feels like to watch them. Because I have. I know you people tell me to watch the games. I tried. It was very boring and also very late at night. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of worse for you over... No, it wasn't. It was... I'm just... I'm old, Marin. I am old in my uh... soul. That's all it is. Ten, uh, by, by late at night, I mean I lo- stopped watching at 10 p.m. because it was bedtime and I was not going to watch anymore. I mean, that is definitely when I try to go to bed, but I have to recap these games. And I've tried to stop claiming the California games because I can't go to bed after midnight and go to work the next day. Yeah. I will I will only claim them if it's on a weekend these days because I, I, ha- I have to be able to function. But, um, yeah, it's... Um, Watching the Dallas Stars, I don't know if you saw that, I actually had an argument with somebody about this on Twitter this week. I also Uh, did. (laughs) Though mine was a little more gracious than yours, because it was Brandon Worley. (laughs) Oh, yeah, mine was not gracious at all. First of all, the guy was a dick. And second of all, like, at some point, he was telling me to explain Dallas Stars hockey to him to prove my point, and I was like, look, I've got a full-time job. I can't teach you about hockey at the same time. Like, you've got to go 
do some research on your own. But, like, he was trying to tell me that the Dallas Stars are the best team in the league right now. And I was like, no. Yeah. No. That was a lot of, like, Brandon didn't say this at all. Uh, You know, credit to Brandon. He, you know, his point was more so that, like, I think actually we could maybe hold because our defense is good enough and the, the goaltending is good enough. And I'm like, yeah, but also, like, a lot of the stuff that people were ta- are pointing to for us being a good team was prior to Monty getting fired. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Because this guy was talking about October to now, and I was like, Monty was fired the first the first we two could... weeks of December. Yeah, I can't remember Like, it was exactly December 10th, wasn't was. it? I can't remember the day. I but... feel like it was December 10th. Either way, like, you can't give bonus credit for, like, October, November, and the f- early part of December. I mean, and frankly, it's just November. November, we were a fucking terrific team. Yeah, yeah. And that's not, I mean, that was Monty's doing. And that was Monty. And, like, in the time since then, the Dallas Stars have been, like, the number one team in the league for come from behind wins, which is, like, not actually a good sign. (laughs) It means (laughs) you're not actually a terrific team. It means you're actually a kind of terrible team with a a lot of good luck. Well, and so here's, here's kind of where we've, we've been... This is where we were in October, and this is where we're coming. We are current. Mm-hmm. Is uh, and I didn't want to start shit on Twitter, so this is why I didn't. You know, I was one of those like take it back kind of thing. But uh, one of our I'm happy to start shit anytime. I didn't want to start shit. I was I was tired. But Taylor Baird, who has I respect quite a lot, tweeted out hot take. I don't think Dallas needs a goal scorer. I think they need a playmaker. And I guess this isn't really starting shit. I just didn't want to have the discussion at the time. Mm-hmm. My hot take, my hotter take, is Dallas doesn't need fucking anyone. They need to have the people they are using have used properly. Yeah. Because if you look at it, we have the exact same roster that we had in November. Yep. <laughs> and we were a fucking phenomenal team. Yep. <laughs> in November. We are still the same people. And... And my complaint in October, you can go back and listen to the podcast if you want to go back and listen to the podcast. Please go back and listen to the podcast. Yeah, it makes us feel good when our numbers jump. Though, a lot of people listen to our 14th ever podcast, and I think it's because it's titled The One With All The Nudity. (laughs) 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 Like, it is always in the top five most played in the last month. That's funny because it's, first of all, it's an audio medium, guys. We We weren't stripping on the podcast. And, like, I mean, I get... What was that episode about? Why were we talking about Tyler Sagan's body issue. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I guess that probably was funny. But, like, yeah, no. Yeah. Nobody... There's no visuals that come along with this, guys. What are you doing? Exactly. That's what makes me... That's what makes it so funny all the time to me. Anyway, that's a little bright spot in my day whenever I look at our numbers. Um, But, no, what I was saying in October... Is true, just as true right now, it's they can choose to be good. They can. And that's why we are coming from behind and winning these games, is because at some point, bonus lets the brakes off, and then they can just go be good. And frankly, we've also had a lot of really good play on the power play right now, which is fantastic, and we have been wanting this for two fucking years. It just feels like that the good power play has somehow come at like a devil's bargain for the rest of the play (laughs) yeah yes uh, yes yeah so what a lot of people when i was having my little discussion with brandon uh, there were people coming into the mentions just being like well nothing you know almost like uh nothing tastes as good as skinny feels but like nothing plays as well as winning does, you know? It's like, I don't, that's not how it works. Like, the winning will go away if we keep playing this way. It will. And that's that's the thing that, like, was driving me crazy about that dude because he was kind of like, well, they're winning, so that means they're fine. And I was like, no, 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 no. They're literally outplayed in every single game they're in, even the ones they're winning in, especially the ones they're winning in. They're being outplayed by every single opponent, and then they went and went, like, lost 4-1 to the Buffalo Sabres, who ain't got shit. And I think I think there's a little bit something to the truth of what one of the things that Brandon was saying, which was, um, 
a lot of what they do in stylistically, and he was talking about this when we were watching, we were both online during the San Jose game, is that a lot of what they do is they try to like kind of grind people down, wear them out. Well, kind they're of style definitely play. grinding me down. <laughs> Very effective on the fans. Um, and I get that. But it's kind of like you and I were talking about last time with that's a very old school approach. And I just don't see it being an effective method of hockey in 2020. Mm -hmm. And maybe it would have worked 10 years ago. But I just can't see it being effective these days. No. No. And... The reasons that we're winning is because we do have some good goal scorers, because we do have some people who have speed, because our power play is clicking. And having a clicking power play and good goalies is literally three quarters or like two thirds of the way to a winning combination. But five on five is the largest amount of time that is spent on the ice. Yeah. And they haven't. I mean, one of the games I was recapping, it had been nine periods since they'd scored a 5v5 goal. Which, again, is not a way to win a hockey game. You can't depend on special teams. No, no. And I think the other thing to that whole, like, if they're winning, it's fine mentality. That's actually not at all how good athletes think. No. Like, the best coaches and the best athletes are constantly trying to improve. So even if you are doing well and winning, you should still be looking for those little areas of the game that you can improve on. Yeah. Yes. I was actually having a, a conversation, a, I had a, like several years ago, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, this is when Elaine Vignon was still in, is he still in the, with the Rangers? Who's coaching the Rangers right now? I'm sorry, you Skyped me, you Skyped on me. Oh, Elaine Vign, however you say Vigneault. his last name. Yeah, yeah. All right, is he, is he, he's not still with the Rangers, right? No, guess who he is I with. don't, I don't, I don't pay attention. Where is he now? The Flyers. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Uh, that's how long it's been since I've paid attention to anything happening in the East. Um, but it was it was when he was still with the Rangers, and he was having uh, he was doing a post game like thing, and it was a game that they had like they had battled really really hard. They had lost several players throughout the game, and they ended up losing like I'm, I want to say like by one or two. But the game before that. They had won, like, I mean, an outrageous outrageous uh, amount, but it had been, like, a really shitty game. Like, they had gotten outshot and all this kind of stuff. They just had, like, a ton of luck. Mm-hmm. And, he was, and he was saying that the game that they lost was the best game that they'd played all season. And she was like, this is why I hate Elaine. He makes like, all these, like, stupid shit like this. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like, that's not... That's not how hockey works. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not just a win, win or lose thing. It's like an underlying, like, how the game is played, whether or not they're playing it well. Like, what are these underlying factors? Like, yeah, you can win, but if you're outshot 40 to 20, that's a problem, son. Like, you can't depend on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it is better to be lucky than good, but um, almost always it's better to be good. <laughs> yeah. The time- better to be lucky than good or like those fucking one-shot games like they play in football yeah and i think the other thing is it doesn't matter like you can be a it's easier to be a lucky team and rack up points with the current nhl regular season system but the minute you get into the playoffs you're going into a series of seven and you don't get shootouts you don't get three on three overtime right like lindell won that game with that wild shot against the abs and the abs are killing us. Like in any other scenario, if they had gone another period of five on five, there's no way the abs didn't win that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where it's like, when we talk about five on five play, we're talking about five on five play because it is the most important part going into the playoffs. And if you care, if all you care about is winning right now, then sure. Fine. But, like, you and I are here for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. We are. And we've been here for the long haul for a very long time. It has been a long-ass haul. <laughs> it's been the longest of long hauls. Well, we do have one question semi-related to this. All right. Do you want me to read it? Sure. 
The un... Okay, CJ at Sans underscore Hobbs asks, The unforced error of unequivocally committing to bonus for the season back when Monty was fired, instead of leaving a little air in case the opportunity arose to bring in a coach, the quality of, oh, I don't know, Gerard Gallant. It's not really a question. It's it's, it's more, more just of an a observation. Comment, but I think I think we asked for things for us to talk about. This is my biggest problem with Jim Nell is that he is loyal to a fucking fault. Yeah. And he's patient to a fault. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Because he's known bonus for a couple years. Like I don't know if you read it or saw it. I, I kind of hope you did it because it was terrible. It wasn't. Terrible is the wrong word. Saad Youssef, who is a good follow for Stars Things, uh, works for The Athletic, covers both the Mavs and the Stars. But he did an interview with a couple of people in the Stars orgs about the Stars' use of, quote unquote, analytics. And it wasn't as bad of an article as I had expected. Um, I thought actually Nils gave some good measured answers about how he likes to use the numbers to kind of weigh what he sees, et cetera, et cetera. Bonus, of course, gave an answer of like, yes, analytics is only good for confirming what we see on the ice, which I was just like, you are missing the fucking point. Mm -hmm. But to my point about loyalty, and you knew this, but I don't know if a lot of people know this. But one of the two, again, two total, quote-unquote, analysts that the Dallas uses is the son of Jim Lights. And I have to not think about that too hard or I go fucking flying into a rage. But a lot of what it seemed like that they were doing was just, like, video analysts, video analysis, like, kind of almost Kelly Forbesy stuff, but more of, like, watching video, counting zone entries, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not particularly great analysis. Mm-hmm. And I say that as somebody who talks about Corey Schneider's All Three Zones project all the time. But the difference between Corey Schneider's project and watching Stars video to count how many times the Dallas Stars enter the zone is that if you only have one team's worth of data, you have no idea if that team is good. And so if your analysts are watching video for only the things that the Dallas Stars do instead of watching the entire NHL and counting every single game, they have no fucking clue whether the Mm -hmm. Stars are doing good. All they do is are comparing the numbers versus the goals that the team has set, which the team doesn't fucking know if those goals are actually good. And again, there were some points in there that I totally agreed with, um, such as... uh, You can count a lot of things, but you don't know if all of them are meaningful. That was actually a very good point that was made. And I think not a lot of people talk about that, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with the advent of microstats and the fact that teams are probably going to get player tracking data very, very soon. But overall, it was it was not at all the fault of the reporter, (laughs) but just one of those things where you're like, God, this could Reading be so it and much going better. into a frothing rage. I wasn't even a frothing rage. It was just one of those disappointed sighs. Yeah. You know, the only thing that really, really gets me is the clear. Because, like, they straight up, Neil says, like, oh, well, I knew we needed somebody to do this for us, and I knew Sam Lights was kind of into it, so I called him. Yeah. I'm waving my arms around. I know. I, I could hear it, actually. <laughs> Anyway, so I think my point is more so that Nil is fucking loyal to a goddamn fault, and it is part of what hampers this organization. Yeah. On the other hand, like, it's what I mean, that's Tyler Sagan that's, here, but, like... True. That's true of a lot of sports culture, which mm-hmm. I find very frustrating. Because that's been the Oilers' problem the whole time. That and, like, Kate's... Uh, absolute adoration of every old Oilers player. But, like, it's that whole, you know, I trust you and I like you, so I'm gonna keep letting you do this until it runs the team into the ground forever. Which, I don't know. I mean, just thinking about it, because then the other scandal this week was obviously the Houston Astros and the whole cheating thing and, like, basically a massive indictment of their 
very kind of MBA driven front office as opposed to like old school baseball guys. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe my frustration is with male culture. <laughs> like, I think there's a balance between loyalty and compassion, which I think Neil has a lot of. And looking to the future and bringing in cutting edge ideas and trying to lead the pack, which I don't think Neil has a lot of. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a lot of times when you're in the, like, looking to the future, trying to be cutting edge, that sort of thing, you also tend to lose a lot of that loyalty and compassion. And so I think there's a balance there. And I don't know, I don't know if any NHL front office has really achieved it, but I don't know. Also, I would just go, since we were talking a little bit about Gerard Gallant, my, uh, what, what, what are you doing moment of the week? Goes to the Las Vegas, I almost said Los Angeles, <laughs> the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who straight up fired Gerard Gallant while being a point out of first place in the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, we just literally went on a 20 minute screen about how, like, winning isn't everything, but are also playing really well. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. What are you doing? Yeah. And, like, the weirdest thing about it is it seems like they hired, or they fired Gallant specifically to hire Pete DeBoer, who had just gotten fired by the San Jose Sharks a couple weeks ago. For playing bad. Like, they were playing bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, okay, you know how, like, 20 minutes ago when I said the Buffalo Sabres ain't got shit? Mm-hmm. I forgot that they have Roth Kruger. <laughs> well, they got at least one thing. They got one thing going for them, and that's Ralph Kruger. <laughs> Ralph fucking Kruger. Actually, compared to some other people in that uh, Eastern wildcard race, they're not doing too bad. They got a minus six goal differential. It's because they've got Ralph Kruger. Yeah, they could be. They've won their last three. Obviously, one against the Stars, but you know they're they're swinging up. Yeah, it's because they got Ralph Kruger. <laughs> Ralph can do no cr- wrong, Kruger. <laughs> Ralph, Ralph Jesus Kruger. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of a miraculous comeback, uh, Stephen Johns making his NHL season debut debut tonight in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Debut. Debut. You know, Did he they play at all last year either? No, he was completely out for the entire year. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, yeah. Debut. That's how they say it in Minnesota. Oh, God. <laughs> Minnesota. That's awful. <laughs> but, of course, we can't have good things because Haskinen is out <laughs> with concussion protocol. God damn it. No. <laughs> I don't... I don't even know, man. That sucks. Yeah, it really does suck. Especially since the ideal pairing is Miro and Johns. Yeah. Like, I think that was the plan until he got hurt. So. (sighs) But it's a really good story because Johns has been out, I think he said, 22 months. Yeah. With uh, almost twenty two months, almost twenty two months with post, not really concussion issues, but probably some yeah. concussion trauma stuff. Yeah, I kind of want to know exactly. Like, I would love to get more information on exactly what was going on with that. But yeah, yeah, I think it's also kind of strange. Like, I we know it was like neck stuff causing bad headaches or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I also thought it was a little bit strange. They were like, "This is not at all concussion related." When I think. Part of, I like, that fucking sounds concussion related. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm no doctor. I'm not trying to diagnose shit. But, like, also, I felt a little bit, like, cover their assy. You know what I mean? Or, like, it NHL sure cover their assy. It sure did. Well, the other thing that is coming up is the NHL All-Star game, as well as the next Stadium Series game, which is the Avs versus LA Kings. Are you planning on watching the All-Star game? 
<laughs> it's next weekend. I'm just asking. Um, I mean, even if it wasn't like I, I have a friend coming in next weekend, and even if I didn't have a friend coming in next weekend, like they don't do anything to make it fun to watch, so I don't care. I I heard this year that they're doing more of a like a dude perfect shoot thing yes. competition. And that actually does sound interesting, but I would catch it on Twitter rather than actually watch it because I've got a friend coming in. Do you? But I'm really honestly not that sad to be missing it. I don't, like, I just don't care enough. Did you hear that Gerard Gallant was supposed to be the cap- or the coach of the Pacific Division? I, I 100% <laughs> actually typed about that the day that, yes, I did know. <laughs> I was absolutely well aware. It's one of the more amazing things about this whole firing and the timing of it. Fucking ridiculous. Yep. Dun-nun. Oh no. Dun-nun. Oh no. Dun-nun, 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 dun-nun. Main reacts. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so speaking of the All Star Game, Marin, do you want to guess who our fan voted? Captain of the various all-star rosters are. Can I? Okay. I have no idea. So can I get like, like four players to choose from? (laughs) Sure. I will read four random players. Okay. Atlantic division. We will start with the Atlantic division. Okay. Forward, Tyler Bertozzi, Detroit. Forward, Austin Matthews, Toronto. Forward, David Pasternak, Boston. And defenseman, Victor Hedman, Tampa Bay. So it's one of those four. One of those four. Who was the first one you said? Tyler Bertuzzi. Okay. Which can you fucking believe? Detroit is so bad this year they're sending Tyler Bertuzzi. I cannot believe. I'm going to go with Hedman. Close. Not the obvious no one. It is David Pasternak. Okay. Okay. He was going to be my second choice. I I threw on I threw in Matthews like as a as a as a gimme for it not being Matthews. No, I mean I assumed it we, that would be the I mean, we know what Toronto fans are like, so I do. I do. But, okay. Yeah. Central Division. Forward, Patrick Kane. Forward, Nathan McKinnon. Forward, Ryan O'Reilly. Defenseman, Roman Yossi. Patrick Kane, Roman Yossi. Who were the other two you said? Nathan McKinnon, Ryan O'Reilly. Nathan McKinnon. That is correct. Ah! (laughs) I can't actually do the Metro Division because they didn't mark who it was. (laughs) I thought about doing a trick question on you. But I, I'm sure they actually have a fan elected captain, but I don't know who it is. You can Google it real quick. Yeah, but who cares? Okay. Not me. All right, Pacific Division. Forward. It's Connor McDavid. Andre Kopitar. <laughs> it is Connor I'm sorry. McDavid. There's no way it's not Connor McDavid. There's nobody else on in the Pacific that anybody gives a shit about. Matthew Chuck. No, but. I'm sorry. Matthew Tuchuk or Connor McDavid? You think more people are going to vote for Matthew Tuchuk? Well, they would this week. <laughs> Maybe. Did, well, I mean, because the whole Cassian Tuchuk thing. I know, I know, I know. But still, more people care about Connor McDavid. Which also, fuck him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fuck him. I just Googled it and the uh, Metro captain is fucking Alexander Ovechkin. Of course it is. Okay, so we're going to move on to a quick NHL check-in. The Eastern Conference actually looks pretty much like you would expect it with Tampa Bay, who has been on a fucking tear recently, uh, finally rising into second place in the Atlantic Division. Washington and Pittsburgh holding down one and two in the Metro. And our top two wildcard teams are... Do you want to take a guess? I've seen a lot of the surge recently, so I feel like one of them could be Carolina. That is correct! Yes! Um, Though they did just lose Dougie Hamilton for, at like, many weeks. He had broke something. Oh, no. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Can you give me a hint about the other one? Um, I'm trying to think of a good, good hint. 
Have I ever owned a t-shirt from them? I don't know. <laughs> Has Sam Kanye ever played on that team? <laughs> he has played on a lot of teams, Marin. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have his teams memorized. I know, this is an affront to our friendship. It is. They, literally all of these teams use the thing I was just about to say. One of their primary color, their primary color is blue. There we go. Is it CBJ? It is! Sam Gagne played on CBJ and I own one of his shirts. I thought so, but I was also like, wait, am I misremembering that? No, you were not. Okay. What was the thing you were going to say where you were like, all of the teams use this? I was like, and one of their colors is red. And then I realized all of the colors are red, (laughs) except for the Flyers. So you would have been like, well, it's not the Flyers. (laughs) I mean, the only other one, I mean, the only other one I could have thought of that would have been blue was the Rangers, but I was pretty sure they weren't in it. They are not at all. They're, no, they're six points out. Do you want to guess how bad Detroit's goal differential has gotten? Is it in the three digits yet? It is not yet in the three digits. Is it in the is it in the nineties? Lower. Is it in the eighties? It is in the eighties. If it were born in the year that corresponds with it, would it be younger or older than me? It's eighty two. It's the same. Okay. No, it's not the same. I was born in eighty one. Oh, I thought you were eighty two. I thought you were only two years older than I was. Oh no. Okay. I'm three years closer to the grave than you are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying real hard not to remember that. <laughs> Western Conference looks, again, pretty, almost exactly like you would expect. Um, St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas in the Central. Uh, Calgary, Arizona, and Vancouver See, in the I can't Pacific. believe that you're saying that things like I would expect. Like, I would not expect... Arizona. <laughs> well, I said almost. I meant the, the central yeah. is very com- central. Yeah. Sure, right. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Calgary, Arizona, and Vancouver. Top three in the Pacific. If that tells you anything about the fucking Pacific. Yeah. Speaking of, Calgary is top in the Pacific with a minus nine goal differential. <laughs> How? That seems like magic. How? I feel like I feel like they're cheating somehow. They're, that that does feel like cheating. Uh, Vegas is number one in the wild card. Edmonton is number two in the wild card, and Nashville has only forty nine points. Nashville is five, seven points out of a playoff spot. Sorry, six points out of a playoff spot right now. Wow. We really did fuck them up, didn't we? I don't really feel that bad about it, to be honest. I mean, I don't feel bad about it, but also I'm a little shocked. Yeah. Who has more points than Nashville right now? Granted, they have two more games, but like... Is it Chicago? It is. And Winnipeg. What? Winnipeg has 54 points. How? That's bizarre. Mm Mm-hmm. That is bizarre. Well... I want to get our uh, happy things kicked off here with the very last thing in the NHL check-in. Can you tell me who the worst team is in the West? West. Is it the is it the Kings? Still? It is! <laughs> and you know who the second worst team is in the West? Is it the Ducks? It is! Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's just balm to my soul. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, do you want to actually kick us off on happy things for reals? Uh, you go first. Okay. I, well, I didn't want to go first because honestly, I've had a very hard time mentally challenging week. I will say that. Like, it's been like a perfectly normal week for most people, but work has been really, really rough recently. And so it's like, and also my stomach stuff started up. So it's mentally been challenging to stay positive. So my happy thing this week is me because I have really bad anxiety about scheduling doctor's appointments. Like, I don't know why. Like, I have no problem actually going to the doctor. It's literally getting the person on the phone and getting it, like, done. Like, getting it on the calendar. And this week I scheduled two different doctor's appointments that I have needed to make for, like, a year. (laughs) Good job. And I'm very proud of myself for persevering in the face of a what is otherwise a very bad mental week. And 
And when my stomach stuff started up, the very first day I got back, like a very first business day, I called my doctor and I got my prescription. And so I'm taking pills to make it go away. <laughs> very proud of you. Thank you. Thank That's you. incredible. Hard shit. Yes. I got some really disappointing news yesterday, <laughs> which has made the rest of this week feel so much worse than it really was. Um, but disappointing professional news, not anything like nobody's dying or anything like that. But probably my happy thing for this week has been D&D. Um, I, 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 we, got, we got started again in on my Wednesday night game, which is a weekly game. And I love those fuckers so much. And we hadn't played since before Christmas because, um, you know, we took the two weeks off for Christmas because all of the holidays were on a Wednesday this year. But then also um, our DM was sick last week, so we didn't play last week. So we played this past week. And it was just a really good game. We had a lot of fun. Um, I became a seventh level bard and took polymorph. And when you take polymorph, you can, like, turn shit into other shit. Mm -hmm. And... Because as a player character, I don't have a challenge rating. I can just go by my level. Yep. So as a seventh level bard, I could turn into a giant ape with 157 hit points and two fists, <laughs> these hands, that do um, 3d10 damage. It's good shit. Like, two of them. So, like, 60 10 if I hit. So, anyway... If you're not, like, I don't want to make you guys do math, but I could do a lot of damage. It was great. Uh, so that was fun. And then last night I played um, with some friends, a, a much smaller game, uh, the Rick and Morty D&D that I was talking about earlier, uh, which was just a lot of fun. And getting to hang out with people that I have fun with, that I can, like, you know, mess around with, has just made everything feel a little bit better. But, yeah. So that's it. Yay! Yeah. Well, uh... Do we want to move on to... Well, I will go ahead and start on listener questions since you asked oh. the other question. Okay. Andrew, too cool for Cali LA asks, and you can find him on Twitter at KD5MDK. He asks, now that Miro has been forced to retire by Buffalo, who is Dallas's next good defenseman? Well, I mean, Johns is on the, play, uh, is on the road trip, so... Yeah, I mean, I was also kind of thinking about this as, like, who's in our fucking development pipeline? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> I was also kind of like, I have no fucking clue. Because the other thing is that happened literally yesterday or Thursday was uh, we traded John Nyberg to the WBS Penguins and got a forward back, name I can't remember. Uh-huh. And... It was just one of those things where it's like, I guess they must feel really good about our defensive core. Because he wasn't, like, ever a, like, super high-end prospect, but he was usable. Wait, who do we get rid of? Uh, Nyberg. Okay. And so I assume that they have, like, some people in mind. But the only people I, mean, I can think of that were pretty excited about are forwards. <laughs> yeah. Like, Robinson's a forward. Deleandra is a forward. Yeah, yep. Uh, the forward, guy we got forward, this year. Forward. Hmm. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at a top prospects thing, and it's all forwards and one goalie. Right. There's literally zero defensemen. So like, I'm just cool. like, oh, that'll be good. That'll be helpful. Excellent. Yeah. So I think they're I I I I will. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't think about it until you asked this question, and now I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> I know, I know. I, the fact that we can't name a single defensive prospect in this system is somewhat concerning. Yeah. And might, I mean, maybe it's not that concerning because Jim Mill doesn't like young defensemen anyway. Yeah. It's not like he'd use them properly. It's not like we'd use them. So he's just planning to trade for somebody in the next three years who's probably already past their prime. But yeah. still pretty good. I think that's generally his plan. Excellent. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay. Larry Luke asks, Hi, I am a Stars fan living out of market in uh, Atlanta. Sorry, I had to quickly convert ATL to a city in my mind. I finally signed up for Center Ice. Nothing like watching live sports plus following the convo on Twitter. Can you suggest some great Stars tweeters to follow? By the way, I listened to your 
Winter Classic Pod. <laughs> Sorry, I had another thing where I was like, World Conference? What's that? Water Closet? I'm so sorry, Larry. You are, I, it's been a week. Uh, so fun. You have a new listener in, in, in me. First of all, Larry, thank you so much. We're very excited you're here. Um, second of all, yes, you can follow the two of us because we're great. Um, you can follow our friends. Um, Holly Hall is great. Um, Robert Tiffin is great. Um, who else do we follow on during the games? Well, um, I mentioned her earlier at Taylor Baird. Um, yes. Baird, like the brand B-A-I-R-D. She's the editor-in-chief of Defending Big D, right? Still? Yes. <laughs> yes, she still is. That is correct. And I also, I mentioned him earlier, too, in our little, when we were talking about our coaching discussion, um, at Brandon Worley, W-O-R-L-E-Y. I think that's his actual Twitter name. Um, but also, part of the reason that I put all the ats of these people who ask questions is that People who ask us questions are typically pretty great people on Twitter. Yes. So, so you can follow them too. Matthew DeFranks is the one we mentioned earlier um, that wrote the article, but he's also a good follow for in-game information. I mean, he would oh, not I be mean, like... I also... Uh, Saad Youssef. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean uh, Shapiro, obviously. Yep. Sean Shapiro. Um, those are actual writers. Um, actual writers I mean but uh, good, lots of good information no great follows don't get me wrong I don't disagree like I'm just yeah. saying like if you're looking to shoot the shit those are actual writers um, yes other good follows who do we talk to all the time on Twitter <laughs> hang on give me a second I am I am uh, I am I'm scrolling I'm scrolling through my thing to find name tags is a really oh. fun person to follow during games she watches and she, is, she talks a lot also, uh, at Damn It Jason. Yes. Tom Dorsa, too. Oh, he's a fun one. He's a fun one, for sure. He's a great one. Morgan Price is a newer hockey follow. She's primarily a baseball person, but she's fun to follow during hockey because a lot of times she's yelling about stuff she doesn't necessarily understand, which is hilarious. So, um, I mean, she's yelling because she doesn't understand, and then she'll ask a question, and then somebody will explain it, and then it's great. Uh, but anyway, Morgan Price is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's a, there's a really good, honestly, like the Dallas Stars Twitter is mostly really good, pretty knowledgeable people. And like, there are obviously some people who are just like, okay, like there was a guy who told me to watch the games. Uh, don't yeah. follow him. But no. the vast majority of people are actually really cool. Yeah. I mean, if you take a scroll through my follow list, I pretty much endorse anybody that that's on there. They're, oh, yeah. they're fun people. Or, like, if you see other people shooting the shit, you can always try and follow those people, too. Yeah. Like if you... uh, so a good thing to do during games is go to the Ghost Stars hashtag mm-hmm. and kind of see who's being vocal during the games and see if, like, it's stuff that you find amusing and fun or if it's stuff that you're like, oh, it's just a little too negative for me. No, I'm going to pass on that. Thanks. Um, just kind of, like, that's how I found some people that I follow now, too, because... It, they comment about the game in a way that amuses me, and so I will I will keep following them. So, um, yeah, I would I would recommend that because you can find a lot of good people that way too. Absolutely, and um, we also had a last summer, twenty eighteen summer, we had a whole summer season of guest hosts. Yes, we did. On this podcast. So you don't necessarily have to listen to the old podcast, but if you scroll through that, we have all of their Twitters on there. Um, At Hockey with Hannah is actually an excellent person to follow for prospects, even though she's not a stars follow particular. We should listen to her more often because that's, we we still don't know anything about prospects. And also, we literally couldn't name a single one right now. Um, No, I certainly can't. So yeah, she's a great follow. Uh, Holly, we mentioned she hosted... um, our friend Babs at, at Hockey Babbler. Again, she's more of a uh, Sharks fan. Um, she came on to talk about the Pacific Division, but it was a really fun episode. So, yeah, a lot of really good people in the hockey Twitter sphere. You just kind of have to follow who your friends follow. Yes, and there is one dude, Dylan Nadwadney yes. at D Natters. Um, the reason I'm suggesting him is, first of all, he takes great pictures of games sometimes and practices, or he used to. I don't know if he's still doing that. But he does, when he watches the games, especially the away games, he makes gifts of fun moments, including goals. So, mm-hmm. like, it's fun. It, it's nice to... I, I follow him because he's 
cool and nice. But also because I use a lot of his tweets on the recaps that I do for Defending Big D. So I'm really appreciative of his work. Oh, and the Defending Big D staff is a rule. You can find, if you like an article they write, they typically have their Twitter handles in there as well. Yeah, and some of the older guys that aren't writing there anymore, like David Castillo is a really good follower. Yes. Very knowledgeable, but he doesn't write for the for the, the website anymore. Um, Josh Lyle is fun, but also a little bitter these days. <laughs> <laughs> Which, so, you know. You know, I mean, we did just spend 30 minutes bitching about our... Yeah, I totally understand. I totally understand. So anyway, there are probably people I've forgotten because I, this, this, uh, this, this question took me by surprise, so I didn't have a list, but, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good people out there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Christopher Bernard asks at C Bernard 82, hard against the cap, which players should be moved out to make way for deadline acquisitions and or call-ups? My vote Foxa, not as dynamic as Dickinson offensively. Janmark, can't score. And Cogliano, see Janmark. Perry could be a PO asset, which I assume playoff. I don't see Perry being any kind of asset ever. Honestly, um, Perry has not been very good this year. Like, let's no, just be clear, guys. Yeah. Like, I know there was a couple games in a row where he scored, but that's about it. <laughs> um... I don't know that we need to move anybody. I, again, I think the team is fine. I think it's the the coaching that is a problem. So I wouldn't, I would, other than like punting Perry into the sun, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would do anything about the team itself. I could actually see them moving Perry at the deadline. He's got a pretty low cap hit. Yeah, but where do you think he, who do you think would want him? Other playoff teams. You think another playoff team would look at, Perry's complete lack of anything. Yeah. And say, yes, we need him. Yes, I do. Well, cool. Because we him. did. <laughs> like, I do. I, I Yeah, think. but we, he would, he also spent time last year injured and that's why the stars took a flyer on him. Right. But also he's won a cup before Marin. Gross. Like, yeah, that carries a lot of weight in these kind of negotiations. And I think it would depend on, like, what we could get back for him, because, like, obviously we're not going to get a fucking first or anything. No. But, like, the other thing is we may not do a lot of moving at the deadline because we're in a really good playoff spot and we don't have a lot of cap. Well, yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, I don't... Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that, like, to get somebody in, we would have to move somebody out. And I don't think they want to necessarily move somebody out. Like, like, again, to go back to where I was earlier, these are the same people who were fucking insane in, in November. Yeah. Like, and I agree that Fox is not as dynamic as Dickinson. Totally. Um, that Cogliano and Como are our second line currently pains me in my heart yeah quite a lot but as a as a fourth line or on the third line with foxa i could i don't have a whole lot of problems with that um Mm -hmm. because i think i think a lot of good teams like i think a lot of good teams do have a more defensively oriented line and i'm comfortable with that yeah i think my issue is then is like now when it's all four lines are supposed to be defensively oriented and we don't score. Um, And, and yeah, so I, I would actually be very shocked if the stars do a lot of movement at the trade deadline, because we're not a seller, we're a buyer and we don't have a lot of cap hit. I don't even know, especially with Taylor Hall off the market. I don't even know who the good picks are going to be, you know, at this deadline. Because, like, there was a good free agent market this year, and almost all of those guys got signed to big contracts. Like, Pavelski, like, he he was one of the best, better free agents, and had he signed a one-year contract, he might be one of those guys moving this year. But he didn't. Um, right. So I would be, I, would, I don't, I don't think that the Stars are going to do a lot. And I would be very no. shocked if they move Foxa at the trade deadline, as opposed to, like, I could see Foxa getting moved, but I don't think they'll do it at the trade deadline. No, me neither. Maybe Con- Cogliano, maybe Janmark, but I, of those names listed, I think it would be Perry of anybody. Oh, good. Bye. Uh, your turn. Oh, cool. Dizzy Lou 
who is at Dizzylu with three Zs uh, and an L-U, asks, So I guess playing not to lose instead of playing to win is an organizational thing, eh? And then in parentheses, Ari, Gallant, and bonus. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you are correct. Nailed it. Nailed it. You are so smart. (laughs) I mean... I, and and I, I think, I mean, it goes deep, right? Like, I think it also goes back to the fact that the Dallas Stars won a Stanley Cup. I almost said World Cup. Stanley Cup in 99 under Hitchcock. And so when people in the org, especially longtime people in the org, think about what it takes to win, they think about Ken Hitchcock and Ken Hitchcock hockey. Mm-hmm. And even though they proved that that does not work anymore... That's still the memory they have. Like, there's an emotional attachment to Ken Hitchcock-style defensive hockey that no one is willing to let go of. Infuriating. Little bit. Little bit. I don't even know what Just that is. Just makes me so angry. That's my <sighs> lizard person voice. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh One of the things that is actually very fun is to, like, go into a public event or space with friends who are also weird like you and pretend to be like you're from another planet. Okay. This has nothing to do with that. One, in this game that, we're, that I played last night, one of the players, Carlos, who you also know, is a is a bug person. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the, the name of what he is, but he's a bug person, and he can only speak in clicks and whistles. But, but he understands common. We just don't understand him. Right. Because so, he doesn't like, have the right We'll say stuff course. to him and we'll have to go through like a whole list of like, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Until he starts nodding. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's very good. That's very good. Yes. Well, yes, speaking of D&D, Andrew L.A. also asks... Can you do stars charts, but using D&D classes instead of astro signs? It's like he knows us. It's almost like he's been <laughs> with us since the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Almost, almost like he has all of our best interests at heart. That's right. Yes, Andrew, we can do this. We will spend actually a great deal of time doing this. <laughs> we will. How do we, do we want to do this? Like you do one team, I'll do the other team, then you do the next team, and then I'll do the next team? Sure, sure, sure. So how we decided to do this, I'm just going to explain this. So how we decided to do this is we got this question and then Maren was like, well, I want to do Jamie Benn. And I was like, well, obviously I want to do Klingberg. And then she was like, wait, what if we just divide up the team half and half? And then I was like, wait, what if we divide up the team half and half, but we have to do a full party? Yeah. So we each, like, we paired the lines like we did first line and third pairing, second line, second pair. Uh, third line, first pair, and then fourth line and goalies. So you have first line, so why don't you start? Okay, so I will start. Uh, Jamie Ben, I have as a monk. Okay. Beca- because they are masters of martial arts. So the thing that I liked about monk is that they're both, is that their stats are both strength and dexterity. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he has the ability to be like, the dexterous finesse, like, you know, getting the puck in the net and all that kind of stuff. And also the ability to wreck shop when he needs to. And that is what I picture as a monk. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I would go that route, but I like your explanation. Okay. Tyler Sagan is a bard. Clearly. Obs. Obs. <laughs> yeah. I, that was, like, the most, like, obvious one of all of them. Like, I, I wrote it down all of my players, and I immediately put bard next to Sagan. Because... There's never been a bard in this world that didn't want to fuck everybody. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there on the front street. Alexander Radulov has his, <laughs> I was a barbarian. Okay. <laughs> Mostly because uh, he goes into a rage <laughs> and makes reckless errors all the time. Uh, but also uh, scores a lot of hits, which is goals. So I don't know. That's kind I, of- I don't know if I would call him. I don't think I would go barbarian for Radulov. Well, you've already disagreed with two of my choices, and I don't give a shit. So. I know. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. This is your uh, line. This is your party. Well, this is my party. So, Pollock, I was like, what would be good with the moms? And <laughs> I went druid with Pollock. Um, 
because I could, like, based on the outfit for the Winter Classic, I was like, clearly he's good at morphing into other things, like the way the wild shape is. Mm -hmm. Also, he's very hairy, like animals are. Also, like, I feel like a granola-crunching druid would be really popular with moms. Like, he'd be kind of over here in the corner, like, doing some nature shit, and they'd be like, oh, look at this, this is great. So I went, I went druid. I love that. I love that. I love that. And then with Sekera, I uh, was just trying to round out the party. I don't really know him well enough to be like, oh, this is definitely him. So I made him a paladin. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I I, I I feel he'd be at least one of the fightery classes. Like, he wields a weapon, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I went with that one. I like it. With Rods, I was also thinking of a ranger, just because of, like shots from the like See, outside and all that kind of stuff but I and like making rogue. impossible shots but no i have a different person for rogue well no i mean i well in that party you didn't no i know i i i tried not to use the same one for any of them so i did a little bit but not a whole lot um i would have definitely picked road because here's my thing about that is like i feel like he's more when he is taking penalties it's more like he's trying to be cheeky about mm. it it's like a little cheeky because they're all offensive zone penalties right like they're never they're never fucking like i just laid a guy f- i cross-checked a guy because i'm in, in playing defense you know what i mean like they're always right. like slashes to the hand or the wrist i don't know but uh no i fucking polic is a druid very good very good thank you thank you uh okay i've got a second so i will go next um so this one I had a little bit of a hard time with. So I'm going to start at the defense pair because these are the ones I feel good about. Um, number one, uh, Miro is obviously a life cleric. He is literally yes. Jesus to the Dallas Stars and their yes. fans. Like, there's no, like, that is what he is. Um, Jamie Alexiak, I went barbarian because he that, absolutely can rage. Yes, that, that, work, that works. Um And then we get to the forward. So for those of you who don't know, we looked this up yesterday and got very upset. (laughs) Our second line right now is Jason Dickinson, Andrew Cogliano, and Blake Como. So that's who my party fills out with. That's disgusting. So because this is the second line specifically, I chose Blake Como as a warlock. (laughs) <laughs> because something is keeping him on the second line, and it ain't divine. <laughs> precisely, precisely. Um, I chose Jason Dickinson as a wizard because he goes down a lot. <laughs> Man, that sounds so dirty when you say I it like that. I didn't mean it like that. He, he, he gets hit a lot. He gets hit a lot, and he has very low hit points. He goes down a lot. <laughs> he gets down. Unlike his captain, Jamie Benn. Exactly. Who, as a monk... Quite a few hit points. Icon. Yes. Icon. Uh, Icon. So the one I'm actually the most proud about, I was trying to figure out who Andrew Cogliano would be because I was like, it feels really lame to make him a fighter because I I was thinking like, I know he has a high con score, right? Like he's got hella constitution. The thing that everybody knows about Andrew Cogliano is he has missed like one game in his entire goddamn career. Which is actually incredibly impressive. It's so impressive. And I was like, but the people who have high con are fighters. And then I was like, wait, what is the most underrated tank class in all of D&D? Was it the cleric? Did you make him a cleric? He's a druid. Oh, that one. Yes, of course you did. Underrated tank class. He's clearly Circle of the Moon. He's got hit points for days. Done. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Druid, druids are great. I love druids. Yeah, they're they're so overpowered. <laughs> they it's uh, okay, but also bards, <laughs> bards, bards with polymorph. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think I. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love polymorph. I've that was my go-to spell. That was my problem solver <laughs> when I was a bard. But also, I didn't have that many hit points. Like I don't know. Bards don't have. I, I think I think they're not nearly as overpowered as you have to get a really high level as a bard to be to wreck shop. You can be a third level druid in wreck shop. I'm a, I mean, I'm a seventh level bard in a rec shop, so. Yeah, I'm saying, but you can't do it at third level. <laughs> no. 
I guess it depends on what you're fighting against, because I have been a third level druid and I am not wrecking shop. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. You're next. So, fourth, no, third? Fourth. Am I doing fourth? Yeah, I'm fourth. doing fourth. Fourth line. Yon mark. I put down S A Ranger. That makes sense. Yeah, I got it. I like it. Yes. Thank you. Perry, I did. I, I had a multi-class as a warlock and a rogue. <laughs> Actually, though. That's what I'm saying. So, as a warlock, he, he is, his magic is derived from a bargain with an extraplanar entity. And uh, it's clearly an evil extraplanar entity. Obs. And um, and as a rogue, he uses stealth and trickery to overcome obstacles and enemies. And uh, we all know that he is the, like, king of the sneaky uh, spearing and also, like, putting water in, like, opponent's gloves and, like, shit like that. So, like, uh, absolutely. Like, yep. there's no other option for him. Correct. Yep. Uh, Gurianov, I said wizard. Okay. Because I feel like he is, um, this is, this is not a very well-balanced group, but that's because they're the fourth line and the goalies. <laughs> so, um, as a wizard, I, I, I thought that, you know, that he's a good student in the game and also, like, good at, uh, <laughs> the, the, d Beyond also, like, they, uh, the, the description is good at manipulating the structures of reality. <laughs> and I was like, if there's one person on this team that's true, it's fucking Guriana. So, yeah. Okay. I said, okay. I, yeah. I can get on board with that. So, for Hugh Dobin, I made him a life cleric. Okay. He does save our ass. He saves our ass all the time. But also, like, I think... I, I, I think this is because I, I watched, wait, like, I listened to, um... Merle, uh, the McElroy's Adventure Zone, mm-hmm. um, and uh, his cleric, and like just the idea that he's this kind of like grandfatherly kind of guy going around and just like you know good feelings to everyone, and not like the you must believe in pan or die kind of thing that you would if you were a paladin. Mm-hmm. So like he's it, he's more granola about every everything, and like that is just it's just Qdoban to a T. Like he's just here to have a good time. He's here to like. You know, make other people help other people enjoy hockey and like remind other other people that hockey is fun and all that kind of stuff. Like that's just it just speaks to me about Hugh Dobin. Okay, I like it. And I then, like it. yes, and then Bishop, um, I uh, want to make him an artificer. That makes a lot of sense. I I was just like, well, you already made somebody a wizard. Who the fuck is Bishop going to be? <laughs> He's an artificer. He unlocks the magic in everyday objects. I like it. Yes, that's very good. Like, like his hockey pads and gloves and stick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's him. I like it. That's a good party. Um, yeah. Okay, Thank so you. third line was Foxa, Hintz, Pavelski, and then obviously I had first pair, so Klingberg and Lindell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with Klingberg. Uh, I made him a sorcerer because okay. he just makes it look easy. Like... Sorcerers are basically wizards, but they don't have to actually learn anything. <laughs> yeah, because it's all, it's inherent magic. It's inherent yeah. magic. It's charisma casting. And like, when you think about it, like everything he does just looks too easy to be good. You know what I mean? Yep. That's why everybody thinks he's bad. That's why everybody thinks he's bad. Uh, so sorcerer. Um, and that's why a lot of people are jealous of him. Uh, Lindell, this is one I think you might disagree with, but here's where I'm coming from on this. I made Lindell a bard, and I think he's probably College of Valor. Wow. So here's where I'm coming from. We know he has a great sense of humor. He's very funny. He's also not the guy who charges in. He's very much more support. And he's the kind of guy who most of the time you only notice when something's going wrong. Or if he is busting out the one time that he saves your ass. (laughs) I mean, I can see that. So that's the one where I'm like, I I feel like I'm very much having to justify it, but I think he's got the sense of humor. And I think he, I think it would very much be a Bard College thing, right? Like he's clearly Valor. He's not lore. He's not satire, right? Like he's not that. No, bard. no, it's definitely Valor. So like, as long as you can imagine a Bard who doesn't want to fuck everything, then we have I mean, Lindell. I, I can, I can. My other ones, I think, are fairly obvious. I made Pavs a fighter because he's actually really not, like, he's the guy who will go and get up in there. He's also yeah. Captain America, right? Like, Captain America's a fighter. Like, that's what it is. Um, 
I made Fox a cleric, but I think he's actually more of like a more of an offense cleric, like a like a tempest cleric or something like that. He's not a life cleric. He's definitely he's got his shield. He's got full plate. Like he does, he does a lot of defense magic, not so much healing magic. Okay, could could he be a grave cleric? <laughs> Possibly. Is he returning the team from the dead? I don't think that. I, no, I don't think he would be a grave cleric. I don't know the cleric okay. subclasses very well to be to to be feel comfortable saying what he is, but I doubt he would be a grave cleric. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think Tempest is probably the best one for him because that has like gust of wind, which you can use both offensively and defensively. Um, I don't know. And then hints, I made a monk because if anybody has fifty feet of movement, <laughs> it's repetitive. Every time I would like to spend yep. a key point because he also is really, really quick about like getting on rebounds. Like he will flurry of blows. He's got all the key point stuff. So I made Rupa Hints a monk. Fair enough. That was really fun. <laughs> I I love these kinds of questions. They're my favorite kind. And on that, well, that's all we have for you today. That is all we have for you today. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being a new listener, Larry. We appreciate that. We do appreciate that. Also, if you ever want to play Dungeons & Dragons, we're here to answer all of your questions. We are. Uh, And if you ever want to ask us those questions directly, you can find us on social media. I'm at Classlicity. I am at Marinish. And you can find our... uh, official twitter at deep heart hockey and if you want to email us with a longer question comment or argument as to why rotic fox is not a cleric then you can email us at deepharthockey at gmail.com you can also find our official um blog at deepharthockey.wordpress.com bye bye Oh, hang on. My phone is ringing. I'm sorry. It's my mom. Just a second. What's up? I'm in the middle of recording a podcast, but I answered because it rang. Your VCR?